This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. Last Thursday night at this time, we were in uh, Chattanooga at Brother Copeland's meeting. And, uh, and I was thinking when he came down and preached, because he, he usually comes down off the stage at some point and preaches on the floor. And uh, he's 86 years old, folks. 80, like he said last week, I'm closer to 87 than I am to 86 because his birthday's in December. He'll be 87. And he's, he's phenomenal. He's incredible, amazing. And, but he came down there and uh, he was talking about what a privilege it is to be able to study the Word of God. I absolutely believe that. I don't, I don't ever take this for granted. I don't ever walk up here, you know, I don't want to sleepwalk through a service. And I, I, every time I'm able to open the Bible and preach, what a, what a great privilege it is. Or to sit and hear the Word of God. What a great privilege that is. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word we're about to receive. We receive it with gladness. And all of God's people shouted. Luke chapter 7. And uh, I'm going to read this, verse 23. I'm going to read it from the Living Bible because it uses the word not be offended in me uh, in the King James Version. But actually in the Living Bible it says it this way. Blessed is the one who does not lose his faith in me. And I, and I always, I want to start with that verse because if we're going to talk about overcoming discouragement, one of the, one of the ways that you're going to lose, one of the ways that you'll, that you'll get discouraged is if you lose your faith. So you've got, to, you've got to keep your faith fresh. That's why you've got to be fed. You've got to listen to the word. You can't feed on the world all the time and expect to keep your faith at a high level. You just can't. You've got to purposely space out time in your life. Now, for me, uh, I have my routines in the morning. You know about them. After I pray, I have an exercise routine that usually takes about an hour, and it's in my home. It's not out. I don't run through the streets, and I'm not doing all that craziness. I don't do that. It's confined to a space in my house, and I usually have preaching on while I'm exercising. And I'm, I mean, I'm doing my little thing. I mean, I'm doing as hard as I can and because I know that I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing the rest of that day. I mean, I've got a schedule, but I know I'm going to need faith if I'm going to be victorious that day. So you need faith every day. Some people only look for faith when an emergency happens, but you need faith every day. If you don't use faith, you, should, you can use faith in your business, use faith in your marriage, use faith in everything, and, and you'll go to a higher level. You want to be better than your competitors? Well, just use your faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So he says here, 
that we are to not lose faith in him. Now, I gave you some reasons about three or four weeks ago, so we're not going to break them down at all. I'm just going to restate them so we can move quickly into some other things. Some reasons people give up. Number one, things become tougher than they expect. You know, you see it all the time. How many times have you heard this expression? It's too hard. It's just too hard. And so when people get to that level, if they don't quickly deal with that thought, I can tell you they're probably going to give up. Then the number two thing we talked about is things take longer than they expected to happen. Well, how much longer do I have to wait? Well, I mean, so, so your option is you can wait and it will happen because the Bible says it will come to pass or you can give up and it just never will happen. So you might as well just wait. Number three, someone disappoints them. That's why people quit. Well, that tells you you had your faith in the wrong place anyway. Amen. You can always tell when people have really, really strong faith because someone can disappoint them and it's not going to change their commitment level. It's not going to change what God... It's funny how they say, God told me to do this and then they get disappointed and suddenly God didn't tell them. No, you got disappointed. God didn't change his mind. You changed your mind. Amen. Another reason people quit is an unexpected loss. Now that can be pretty hard to overcome, but you, you can use your, remember you can use your faith for every one of these. An unexpected loss, that would be a divorce. That might be a death. Something that happens that's kind of tragic, but you can use your faith to overcome everything that I'm, everything on this list can, can be overcome by faith. When things get tougher, when things take longer, when someone disappoints you, when you have an unexpected loss. Number five, they lose hope that things will ever get better. So they kind of lose hope that you could just stop right there. And therefore they quit. But see, how does, how do you, faith is the substance of things. So, so you got it, you, you know, you, you see again, the tide of your faith is so clear. You have to keep your hope alive. Amen. My hope is found in him. Then we said, number six, they compare their progress or the lack thereof to someone else. They quit because, well, they got it and they're, they're doing this and they got that and I've been doing it twice as long and nothing's happening here. So they get discouraged and they quit. I remember when we were back in the little paint and body shop, I remember about the middle of the second year when we'd already been there for going on two years and we basically had the same number of people when we started. And it was, dis it, it was discouraging when I, you know, I would I'd work all week, Pastor Ginger worked all week, our secular jobs, we were raising three kids at home, had a brother-in-law and a mother-in-law living in the house, and then we finally get to go to church on Sunday morning, and I, and I stay up Saturday night studying as hard as I knew how to study, and then those days you didn't have computers, you didn't have all that, so the way you studied is you got about six books and laid them out in the middle of the floor, and you laid right out in the middle of them. And you researched everything you could research and you tried to hear from God and you tried to have a good message and you tried to come in on Sunday morning and you get in there and a year and a half later, I got the same people preaching to the same. And it, it could be discouraged, because, especially if I saw somebody down the road and they're building a building and they, you know, they're, they're going to two services and they got, and here, I mean, we're, come on God. But you, but again, if you use your faith, you can get through that. See, all this is based on faith, that you can get through this. 
And then the last one we talked about is the one I just said. They actually completely just lose their faith in God and start listening to the devil. Listen to his lies, listen to his chatter, listen to his stuff. And when you do that, you better believe that quitting is right around the corner. Now, remember, we talked about quitting a marriage, quitting a job that God didn't tell you it was time to go. Amen. Quitting a church, quitting a business relationship, quitting, 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 quitting. If you're in athletics, quitting, 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 quitting. But you've got to be determined that I am not... If, I, if, I, if there's going to be a change, it won't be because I got discouraged. It'll only be because God said. I'm not letting the devil win. Can you shout amen? So we talked about that. We mentioned that in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's the famous chapter that the rock band from the 60s, the birds, you know, had. Turn, turn, turn. To everything, turn, turn, turn. You know, and then they give you a time for this and you know, and all that. Had some great guitar players, Jeff Beck and Clapton. They had some great guitar. But anyway, that's a little music trivia. But we mentioned how in that passage of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there are nearly 30 times listed, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to this. and Almost 30 times it says there's a time to, but there's never once it says a time to quit. Look at your neighbor and say, there's never a time to quit. Amen. So we got to be determined to not give up and to not quit. Now go to Numbers 21 again, very quickly. I know some of these things we've covered. But uh, what we're doing is building within us resistance. Everybody say the rise of the resistance. That's a good ride. That is a really cool ride. Uh, but we're building a resistance to quitting. Like if, if, if there's any mention of quitting, I'm resisting that. I am, I'm going to resist the temptation or the pressure to quit. I'm going to press on, and when you do that, every time there's, you know, you're going to notice there's going to be less people with you the further you go. We always thought there'd be more people, didn't we? When you're young, you're thinking the further you go, the more people you have, but the truth is you won't because a lot of them quit. And you're still pressing, and they're quitting. Amen. In Numbers chapter 21, uh, the King James Version says, And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. It was a little bit harder way. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic. Listen to this. It gets a little, more, it gets a little clearer. It says, And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. See, they couldn't go through it. Because God said, you're not ready for it. If you read the story very carefully, there actually was a shorter route, and God said, you are not ready for a battle. <laughs> you, you are not, you're a bunch of crybabies, and you're not ready for any kind of battle, so you're going to have to take the long way around because you're not ready for it. But even then they complained. And notice what he says, they journeyed from Mount Orb by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient, listen to this, depressed and much discouraged because of the trials of the way. So we're getting a little insight here about, how, you know, 
discouragement comes when you get impatient. That's kind of a precursor to getting discouraged. You get impatient. I'm shocked that when people have a conflict or have a problem, they don't even try to work it out. They don't give it even a space to work it out. They don't, you know, well, it'll never change. It's not gonna, but you don't know that. Sometimes you need to back away from something for, for two or three or four or five days. Take a deep breath. And here's a novel idea. How about praying and fasting? And letting the Lord give you the next move. Rather than your anger, your frustration, your discouragement, your disappointment. Wouldn't that be a novel idea? But notice what he says here. They became impatient, depressed, because depression is attached to discouragement. You get depression, you're going to get discouraged. Depressed and much discouraged because of the trials of the way. So, so when it got, again, we, it was one of our little lists here. When things got a little hard, they got discouraged. Because of the trials of the way. Now, where were they on the way to? They were on the way to the, to the promised land. And if they had not gotten discouraged, if they would have stayed the course and not murmured and not complained and not wanted to go back to Egypt, they would have made it. But instead, a whole generation had to die. Because discouragement, if it is not dealt with, will bring defeat. It'll always bring defeat. Can you say amen? amen? All right. But now look at verse 5. We covered this before, but this is interesting. So they got discouraged. And what happened when they got discouraged? Verse 5. And the people spake against God and against Moses. So one of the things that happens is discouragement causes you to speak against God. When is this ever going to happen? How much more do I have to do? I'm doing everything I know to do. I mean, come on, God. And when people get discouraged, that's the way they talk. They speak against God. So we all know this. We can't afford to alienate God from our situation. He's the one who and the only one that can guarantee us victory. The last thing we want to do is alienate God. But notice, if you don't deal with discouragement, it will turn into murmuring, which they did, complaining, which they did, and longing for another way which they wanted to go back. Are, are you here tonight? Just want to make sure. GP, are you with me? All right. Now also, they spoke against Moses, so when you get discouraged, you'll speak against those that are designated to help take you. It's just, it's just a way where you get discouraged about it. And something else about discouragement, you better know, it's infectious. You can't afford to be around people that are discouraged or they'll get you discouraged. You're having a wonderful life. You're marching right on along. You know you're on your way, the road to victory. You're so excited about the future. You're just, you're already planning the celebration and the party and then they come alongside you before you know it, you're discouraged. Can you shout amen? So you got to make the decision that I am not going to let discouragement, the trials, I, when it gets a little tough, I'm, I'm not going to let discouragement enter in because if I do, I know that I'll never make it to where God wants me to go. Now, go to Deuteronomy chapter 1. And again, if I've given you some of these scriptures, be patient. With a, we can get, I'll get by with a little help from my friends here and we'll get on to the, to the next place. 
I love dropping these songs in on you just, just for fun. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can you shout amen? Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21. Behold, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of your fathers has said unto you. So this was not just Moses' words. These were the words of God. So God said, I've said it there. It's your, go get it. And notice this. He says, fear not, neither be discouraged. So we see again now here. Now we see another thing. We see fear connected to discouragement. And of course, you can't be in fear and faith. You got to make a decision. If you hear bad news, you got to make a decision right there. We are standing in faith. We're not letting fear in here. We're not vacillating. We're not praising God today and groaning tomorrow. We're praising God all the way till we see the land. Amen. It's amazing how much more confidence we have in natural things than we do in the Word of God. You set out on a trip, you know, uh, you heard all my stories, but set out on a trip. I remember taking the kids to Panama City. They were about, I don't know, I think our son was maybe... Let's say he was 10, our oldest daughter was 8, and that would have made Rachel about 2. And we set out to Panama City one summer. Now, we, our vacations were always short and, and cheap because we didn't have any money. And we were going to stay in a little dew drop in. It was on the beach, but it was a dew drop in, and all of us are piled into one room, of course, and we're eating sandwiches. We're not eating at restaurants, you know, because it's what you did. But I remember the journey down there and it was in the middle of the summer and it was like 100 degrees all the way through, you know, I think we went straight through Alabama to get down to Destin and Fort, uh, Fort Walton Beach and then, of course, Panama City. They were all kind of in a little hub there. And I remember, man, that it, I think that's what, maybe 700 miles? It felt like 7,000. I mean, those kids fussed, griped, hollered, complained the whole time. The air conditioning in our car went out about halfway down there. And then we went back to the good old 265 air conditioning system where you roll down two windows and go 65. And it was humid and it was... Uh, but but, but I, here, here's the thing. As discouraging as that was on the surface, I kept seeing signs, you know, you know Huntsville, so many miles, then past Huntsville, Montgomery, so many miles out of, and then all of a sudden, you know, so many, 50 miles to, to, for Florida. And here's the thing in the back of my mind, it's hard, I knew we were going to get there. I knew we were going to get there, and it was the thing that kept me going, kept me pressing, kept me just, folks, come on, if God makes a promise, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. It might be a little hot along the way. It might be a little stuff going on around. I mean, we drive a while and beat a while, but it's okay. Because we're going. Amen? Discouragement is, when, it, when God's told you something is going to be, discouragement, you have to see it as a lie. You're lying to me. We are going to make it. You're lying to me. I'm going to get better. You're lying to me. Our money's going to come in. I'm not going to accept that. I, you're lying because I already know what God said. 
I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I'm not, I know we're going to get there. And you settle that in your heart and your mind. Can you shout amen? Verse 28, same chapter. We could read a bunch of stuff here. We won't for lack of time. Whither shall we go up? They said, how are we going to go up? Our brethren have discouraged our heart. Notice that. They said, we, you know, we were kind of, sort of thinking we might be, but then, whoa, whoa, come on. I mean, they discouraged it. Well, you know, so again, you need to find out who your brethren are. You don't need discouraging brethren. Amen? Now, we know this is like their kinfolk, but I'm talking about spiritually speaking. I love everybody. I'll do anything for anybody. I'll buy their lunch. I'll help them. I'll pray for them. I'll do all kinds of stuff, but I am not spending time with people that are discouraging. I'm just not going to. Because I'm God's given, if you walk with God, he's going to give you big assignments that are much bigger than you, bigger than your talent, bigger than your ability, bigger than your intellect, bigger than, than your experience, and God's going to give that to you. And the last thing you're going to need is somebody go, yeah, I'll never do that. Well, I don't know who you think you are. It'll never. I mean, who do you think you are? That's the last person you need in your life. Because God says, now I've given you this dream and I've given this to you and if you'll walk with me, I'll give you everything. You know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, fill, I'll fill in the blanks. Don't worry about the blanks. I got the blanks. But discouragement will come to rob you like it was them. They were supposed, God wanted the whole tribe of the whole nation of Israel to go in and possess the land, but they didn't because they let discouragement get in. Can you shout amen? And again, the further you go, the less people that will probably be able to go with you. Now, if you sit still, don't worry. You got a lot of people that will sit still with you all day. I was talking about something. I'm going to be careful how I frame this. Um, when you're you know, a public speaker, you got to think about things a little bit. I've been getting some work done at my house and it's supposed to have been done like a week and a half ago and I need it to be done and I keep looking and thinking, but if you come to work at nine and you work till lunchtime at 11.30, take a two-hour lunch and leave at two, we're never going to get this done. I'm thinking, man, you wouldn't have lasted on my job. My job was, there were days when, there were days when we'd work a nine or 10-hour day. But there are days where my boss would say, now you know tomorrow we got lot 47 out there. And before we go home tomorrow, here's what's going to happen. He would list everything that we had to make sure got done in that house. He said, now I don't care if it takes 7 hours or 10 hours or 12 hours, but we're not going home until it's all done. Yes, sir. And we, we got out there the next day and we hit it hard and sometimes we'd get it done in 7, 8 or 9 hours and sometimes it was like, honey, you know, I'd call home. You had to go to a pay phone. You'd go up to the corner to the store and I'd call and usually it was a really granny that would answer because Pastor Ginger worked late every night too in Nashville. I'd say, Granny, I'm not going to make it home for supper, you know, at five like we thought. I know I left this morning at five, but it's probably going to be 6.30 or 7. Uh, just, and if Ginger comes home, tell her, okay. Are, are you listening to me? But, you, but, but when, when you're walking, when you're doing things with God, you, you're going to have to, you have to not let anybody discourage you not worry about that. God will help you fill in the blanks, the timetable. All I mean, don't worry about any of that stuff. 
But you're going to have to commit. And there will be some people that won't go with you. They'll go so far, you know, and they just won't be able to go any further. They just, they will not. When it gets a little tough, hard, they have to put in some extra effort. They have to overcome some obstacle. They won't be able to go. And you got to keep going. When we were looking at the nostalgic stuff in the back back there, I was reading the list of different, like we were reading a newsletter. April, April remembers those days. Uh, April was around back all, April goes all the way back to the paint and body shop. And uh, I was reading some of those newsletters and it would say so-and-so is going to do this this week at Faith Outreach. And this is our music director. And this is our children's person. And we'd have it all listed in there. And, uh, and then they, you know, I'd see it maybe a little bit later on when we were downtown and I'd look at it and go, gone, 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 gone. And they'd say, Pastor Williams is going to give the message. I'd say, here. Pastor Ginger's got something like here. And, go. and I'd read it, gone, 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 gone. And, and there's a few, of course, you know, that, that were, but I, what I'm saying to you is it's, it's the way it'll be. Don't think that's just a pastor's life. That's your life. If you think about it, the further you go with God, the less people, when you go up a level, not everybody can go up there. They just can't. And I'm not even speaking evil of it. I'm not even, I'm not trying to call them pe- those, pe- those people out. I'm not, I'm just trying to say, I'm trying to, so you can see for your own life. That when you make another move or another step forward, not everybody's going to be able to go. And that's okay. Pray for them. You know, you know we, don't, we don't curse them. Now, you know, they may get stranded back there in the land of the giants. We're not supposed to stay, stay in the land of the giants. We're supposed to get on through that mess. Amen. And, and we sure are not going to go back to Egypt. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank Jesus. Amen. All right. Did we read this verse? Oh, we read part of it. Okay. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our heart, saying... Notice that's how people discourage you by what they say. Saying, the people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there or the giants there. So the people discourage them by saying, "This? are you kidding me? This is too big. We can't, who do you think we are? We can't do this. And so they discourage them. When, you, when discouragement comes, you've eliminated God. Now you've eliminated God and you're back to only what you can do. Can anybody grunt in here tonight? Don't make me come out and hold a mirror in front of you. Praise God, hallelujah, thank Jesus, amen. Now I mentioned that courage is mentioned four times as much as the word discourage in the Bible because it takes about four times as much uh, encouragement to dispel discouragement. The word dis, if you put it in front of almost anything, it means less than, Right? If you get a discount, that means you're getting less than the original price. That could be a good thing. But in most cases, the word dis is not a good word. When you are disturbed, amen? When you're discontent, right? When you're distraught, you know, all these things. So the word discouragement, of course, means to have less courage. Because it's going to take courage to do what God tells you to do. It's going to take courage and courage and faith. and It's going to take it. So remember, the devil's always trying to get you discouraged. Well, I've been praying for my husband for five years. Well, you're going to have to, it looks like you're going to have to pray for five years in a day or a week or a month, but just keep praying. If God said to you, if you believe God said to you that you can win him or that he's coming to God or your children, and by the way, you got an absolute, now, I'm going to say this, this is a little bit tough to say in here because 
I'm, I, just, I just finished the book for the 88th time this week. I had to read it again and edit it again. I'm done. I sent it out today. It is. Thank you, Jesus. Get the heck out of here. I want everybody here to buy 100 copies, and I never want to read another page of it. I've read it so many times and rewritten it so many times. I don't ever want to read that book. But this book on marriage, divorce, and remarriage, you don't actually, technically, you don't have a promise for your spouse to serve God. Now, you can use faith and the prayer of faith, and there are some ways you can do it, but you do have an absolute promise for your children. And don't you ever let the devil talk you out of it. Don't you let their actions talk you out of it. Don't let your other family members talk. Oh, I tell you, that kid of your No, no, shut up. That's my kid. You keep your mouth off my kid. Right? You got a promise for that. All right. Uh, Numbers 32 verse 9 says this from the Amplified Classic. For when they went up to the valley of Ishkah and saw the land, they discouraged the hearts of the Israelites from... Listen, this is... I know this... I want you to catch this. They discouraged the hearts of the Israelites from going into the land that the Lord had given them. They discouraged them from going in and getting something that was theirs. It was theirs. God had given it to them and they discouraged their hearts from going in and getting what is theirs. So when you know God has said something is yours, you've got to say, that is mine. I'm not settling for less. I'm not, I'm not giving up on it. I am not stopping. I am not thinking, I, that, is, that is mine, and I'm going to have it. Notice they discourage their hearts. That's their core, their inner being. 2 Corinthians 4 and 1 from the Amplified Classic again. And by the way, something very exciting, Brother Copeland announced this last night, uh, excuse me, last Thursday night, which we we're excited about. He said they, the ministry, KCM, has contacted whoever it was, and then they've contacted, I think, um, whoever's out of, uh, Tom, who, Thomas Nelson, I think, out of Nashville, that they have gotten the rights to finally put back in print again the Amplified Classic Bible. You can get an Amplified Bible, but not an Amplified Classic, except digitally. So they already, they're going to have some next month when we go to the Southwest Believers Convention. Well, we might as well say that because uh, it's coming up in five weeks. They're going to have some paperback copies. He said by the end of the year, they'll have hardback copies. I want you to know, we're going to contact them and buy some and put them in our bookstore. That Amplified Classic is the deal. Can you shout amen? So here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, in the Amplified Classic, says, Therefore... Since we do hold and engage in this ministry by the mercy of God, granting us favor, benefits, opportunities, and especially salvation, we do not get discouraged, spiritless, and despondent with fear, or become faint with weariness and exhaustion. Now there's a lot in that little verse, but just, just think of what, what that verse said there again. This is the church at Corinth, and Paul said, therefore, since we do hold and engage in this ministry by the mercy of God, granting us, and this is what happens when you get invested in the ministry that God sets you in, granting us favor, benefits, opportunities, and especially salvation. We do not get discouraged, which then they give you the definition, spiritless and despondent with fear, 
or become faint with weariness and exhaustion. I thought that word there interesting was the word spiritless. When you get discouraged, you just lose spirit. You're just like, you start sighing a lot. You know what I mean? When people sigh, they're like, you know what I'm saying? You get around people like that, I'm like, man, are you kidding me? I was out last night. I don't get a chance to get in our pool very often because I'm pastoring all the time. Today, I had a full day. I got up at four, prayed, did my exercises, got my dogs out because these guys, I said they need to get out here early and get started. They didn't show up till like 7.30 and I was, the dogs were already back in at six. But anyway, um, then I had to finish the final draft of that book again, 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 again. And I, that's what I had to do this morning and look over the message that we're receiving tonight and look over what I'm preaching this, this Sunday. I had a quick lunch. I came home and went over and visited with Miss Grady this afternoon for a while. And I got home and I told Pastor Ginger, I said, honey, I got about an hour and 15 minutes to myself before I go to church for prayer. And when I, just when I said that, I got it out of my mouth. Somebody called in the church, and I won't mention their names, and they're having some marital issues. And they said, Pastor, if you're, are you at the office? I need about 15 minutes of your time. I'm really hurting today. I said, well, I'm not at the office, but I'm at my house in my man cave. Why don't you just come over here? So they came over, and of course, that took an hour and 15 minutes. And then it was time to get dressed and come to church. So I've had a full day. But I'm not sighing. Thank God. And I was out in that pool last night, and I was out there, and I was kind of going through my little thing with God. You know, it's just God and me. And I got in there and got on the little floaty because I got, I didn't even want, I was too tired to swim. I just wanted to drift. I was out there like this. And I said, God, and I started going through my list of God. You know, I'm have, you know, I got this, and I, would, I have a, I had a slight little gripe session with God about some stuff in my life, you know, and I was like, God, I don't have this, and this isn't happening, and that, and you know, uh. and uh, I've kind of stopped, and I could hear almost like the voice of God going, "Are you done?" And I'm like, "Okay, okay," and then I heard God say to me, "Okay, let's let, let's get this straight." You've got it tough, buddy. you got it tough. You're floating in a swimming pool at your house. Right? And inside the house, you got the most beautiful woman who's a warrior of all warriors who has stood with you and walked you through the flood and the fire and the rain and the storm and would fight the world for you. Right? Downstairs in your little man cave, you got everything a little boy would want. You, you don't just have something that a man wants. You got everything a little boy would want. You guys been down there. I mean, it, it looks like a little boy lives down there. I got comic books and all. And, and he went on and on, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I wish I'd never fussed at him at all. I wish I'd have never opened <laughs> I thought, I wish I'd have never griped for a second to God because he pointed out that, you know, after all, God is pretty good. And it's like the Lord said, don't get discouraged. Amen. Don't get discouraged. The devil, the devil will try to needle you. Send things your way to get you discouraged. Okay, we're, we're on the home stretch here, so don't, never fear. Smith is here. All right. How many people even know what I just said? How many even know where that came from? Where did it come from? Lost his face. Oh, the pain, never know. Oh, the pain. Okay, never mind. Is that a good Dr. Smith? Okay, thank you. Okay. 
For everybody watching online, we really are same people, I promise, we really are. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 now, we're in the same chapter. Again, we're going to go with the AMPC because I love the, what, the, what the Amplified Classic does, of course, is amplify. It, it elaborates, which is what they actually heard, and we just made it into an English language and we capsulized it. So here we are, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, we do not become discouraged. Now listen, remember the word spiritless that we read in verse 1? Listen to this. Therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted and wearied out through fear. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. It says you cannot be discouraged by anything on the outside because while something on the outside may not be or seem to be improving, it may even seem to be decaying, he used the body as an example, he said actually something on the inside is being renewed. When you, got, when you made, I always say this, you made the decision to come to church tonight. That was a very intelligent decision. Now, I don't know everybody here tonight as far as what you had to go through today. I bet you some of you, though, had a pretty difficult day. You probably had to stress to get here. You probably were maybe teetering a little bit about whether you were going to come, maybe. But look at what you did. You pressed on through. And I can promise you, God is doing something that you may not see it, but it is being done. Every time you go somewhere where there's the Spirit of God and the Word of God's being preached, faith is being pumped into you, and God is, you're one step closer than you were before you left your house to your breakthrough. You're one step closer. Can you shout amen? Um. I like this a little. You'll appreciate this one, Kelvin. A boxer was sprawled out on the trainer's table after getting knocked out in the 12th round. His trainer was an eternal optimist who excelled in finding ways to encourage this young contender. When the boxer regained consciousness, his trainer smiled and said, Hey, kid, you came in second. Right? I, I've, been, I've been knocked down and knocked about and everybody else in here has. But you know what? Uh, apparently you didn't stay down because I'm looking at you. You know, you, everybody in here, is, you've weathered some stuff. You've, all of us sitting, can you imagine if we just all listed the five things that have been the hardest in our life that we've overcome. Just this group that's in here tonight, if we made a, had a little chart and we all came up and listed five really difficult things that we've overcome or gone through in our lives, can you imagine what that list would look like with just this group of people? Amen. Now, I'm an encourager. You know that. That's my nature. That's my gift. That's my anointing is to encourage people. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a novice. I've been at this a long time. I know people come in here hurting and, and going through lots of stuff. And I know a lot of people come in here desperate. But I am so confident that this word will work for them. I'm so confident that their better days will come if they'll apply the Bible and the word to them. I'm so confident. I'm completely confident. If you got knocked down last night, I'm completely confident that that is not going to define you. You're not, that's not you. You're going to overcome. Can you shout amen? Someone said this, so just a couple things here. Don't, and I, I think I said this on Sunday morning. Don't ever leave anyone's presence without encouraging them. 
man, you know, if things, and they say, you know what? Things are going to be better. You know what? Eat. And just whatever it is you can say, maybe one little thing. But there's, because you never know if that's the one thing that'll make the difference in their life. The one thing that can make the difference in their life. You just never know. That guy that came in 35 years ago that I've told you about a lot of times, uh, older senior minister, and he told me, he said, he came in and, you know, we were in the uh, paint and body shop and it, his son was going to our church. He was a military guy. We only had four military guys. Even at the apex of when we were finally growing a little in the old paint and body shop, we only had four military guys. And um, it was during Operation Desert Shield, which, of course, turned into Desert Storm. But uh, when they came back, one of the dads came in to see his son. And he, and he was an elder minister. He'd been in ministry a long time. And uh, he said, he looked around and he said, son, don't get discouraged. I didn't, I didn't say anything, but I, I know he could tell I was kind of like, he said, don't get discouraged. He said, I know that you're, I know that you come in here and you're, you're thinking, Whew. he said, but I'm telling you, he said, if you'll stay with it. He said, the whole key to this whole thing is just staying with it. He said, you stay with it. You stay with it. Don't worry about anything. You stay with it. He said, God will honor you if you stay with it. Look at your name and say, God will honor me because I'll stay with it. Someone said, leaders are visionaries with a poorly developed sense of fear and no concept of the odds against them. I like that. Leaders are visionaries with a poorly developed sense of fear. If we're going to be underdeveloped in anything, let's be under, underdeveloped in fear. Leaders are visionaries with a poorly developed sense of fear and no concept of the odds against them. I don't think that we stopped very much downtown to think about what an incredible leap it would be to go from that building downtown, four or $5,000 a month for budget, which was about $60,000 a year, to coming into a, a place that would be a multi-million dollar budget a year. I don't even think we ever even thought about it. And I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we didn't meditate on the odds and meditate too much on how, you know, how big that was. We tried to keep our focus on God and just walk on with him. Can you say amen? You know, one of my favorite all-time quotes, I've given it to you a hundred times. I hope you've written it down over the years. David Livingstone was a great missionary, uh, especially to, to South Africa. He said, I will go anywhere provided it's forward. It's one of my all-time favorite quotes. I will go anywhere, provided it's forward. That ought to be your axiom. You ought to say that every day. I'll go anywhere, provided it's forward. But if you're trying to get me to stall and stay, I'm not going to do it. If you're trying to pull me back, go, goodbye. Love you, pray for you, but you, you, you got the wrong person here. I'm going forward. I will go anywhere, provided it's forward. Aaron Hansen said, and you ask, what if I fall? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? And you ask, what if I fall? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? I'll go ahead and risk it because I might be able to fly. Instead of just doing the status quo. How about this one? Bob Goff said, embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until much later. 
Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives will not have a title to much later. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.